This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. Hey, everybody. Today's episode is about a kind of thorny topic. It's about when people resent your happiness. Some of you might have come from families where there have been a lot of family of origin issues, and then maybe you decided to do your work and you got happier. And maybe you experienced a kind of backlash from your family as you got happier. Maybe in your friend group, in your, in your circles, you decided to start making some positive changes for your life. And other people saw that, felt triggered by that, and resented that you were getting happier. And it's a pretty confusing feeling. So I thought I'd share a little bit about my own experience with that and how to recognize signs that people are resenting your happiness because sometimes people just start acting kind of weird and you're not sure why. And then offer some suggestions for what to do about it, how to navigate that experience. So for myself, for a long time, I thought that if I could just get my life to be happy, like if I could figure out how to just not be crushed by depression, (laughs) if I could just figure out how to not feel so lonely or anxious, if I could somehow not be in a space of constantly feeling angry and trying to rein that in, then I would have the love and acceptance that I wanted. And so I doubled down. I doubled down on healing work. I read the books. I attended the workshops, the webinars. And since I didn't have much money, I got to tell you, I sought out the free stuff like my life depended on it. So the experts say that exercise helps. Well, great. Walking is free. (laughs) I didn't have the money for a gym membership, but I could walk. The clinical research says meditation helps perfect. It's totally free to sit and like breathe. Um, most of the books I read were checked out from the library. I did have some money to hire a coach and that coach said, Hey, let's attend to emotions. Cry it out when you're sad, discharge anger by screaming into a pillow to not have it all stored up in the body. And for sure, I was resistant to that message for a long time. (laughs) If you've listened to this podcast, I've probably told that story, but not being one to squander a dime when I had so few of them, this did mean that eventually I sat on my ass and cried it out instead of holding it all in and took that advice. Uh, Webinars, often free. I would show up, I'd take notes. Workshops, I applied for scholarships. And true story, there were some where I volunteered to help with cleaning the trash cans and the bathrooms in exchange for being able to attend the workshop. So Your girl has cleaned toilets in service to her personal growth. I raise my hand. It's true. That's what I've done. And slowly but surely, I did, in fact, start to get happier. I could feel it in my bones. And when you've never been particularly happy and then you start to regularly feel happier, in case you are someone and you're like, huh, what's that experience like? I would describe it as being a bit like waking up from a really great night's sleep. 
like the sun is bright and welcoming and you wake up and you're like, okay. And there's a little surge of curiosity about what the day might bring that comes through you. Your thoughts go to things like, Mm, time to make a great cup of coffee instead of, oh, I'm so tired. Why didn't anyone like set up the coffee pot last night? <sighs> Why do I have to do everything around here? You know, like, like it's a, it's a reorientation and it's like that only it's for large parts of the day. And it feels kind of freaking miraculous, especially if you've been really unhappy for a long time. And Now, now we come back to this love and acceptance thing, which I thought I'd be swimming in as I got happy. I'd walked for, with a story for a really long time that I was bad. I was the one who was bad. I was the one who was negative. I was the complainer. I was the unhappy one who couldn't get her life together. And it just seemed so obvious to me that now having done all this work and found some semblance of said life coming together, Now I'd be this person that people would want to be around, which meant that then I'd be loved, which meant that then I'd be accepted, which meant that life would get even dandier. Except it didn't pan out that way. It definitely didn't pan out that way with my family and probably harder because I didn't expect it. It didn't pan out that way with friends. And I'm thinking of a period of of my life in my 20s where when, as I became, as I became happier, I actually lost friends at first, lost friends. One told me that every time she was around me, I made her feel bad about herself because I was so happy. Another told me that I was just so happy. It was like, I was no longer relatable. A few others didn't necessarily tell me anything, tell me anything, but they were more passive aggressive in that if I did have a rough day and talk about it, their response was something like, yeah, I thought you were all happy now. What happened? Like having a bad day somehow revealed me as being a phony. And after those experiences, I shrank back. I took those messages as your happiness, my Kate, my happiness. I heard it in my head as Kate, your happiness makes other people feel bad about themselves. So if you're going to be happy, you better hide it. And I was thinking things like, okay, so if you're not down in the muck with someone else who's struggling, they're going to think that you don't care about them. So better stop being happy yourself and like join them in the muck. And I also definitely bought into the idea that if I had a bad day, it must mean that whatever happiness I had started to feel was not real. And it took me a while to learn. And by a while, I mean like, God, I've probably done some dance, some level of some dance with this and still find places where it gets re-stimulated for like 10 years now. I mean, it took me a while to learn that actually not everyone suffers in the same way. And this is critical to understanding what happens when people resent your happiness. Now, how I suffer when I am in it, I tend to be in my feelings in a really intense way for a while. Things feel super bleak or super ragey. There's a lot of intensity to what I feel when I'm really in it. And then at a certain point, something in me, something very stubborn, by the way, something very feral and very stubborn. And I, I praise it and I'm grateful that it exists in me, but something in me rises up and basically says, nope, 
This is not the end of my story. Let me look around. Let me take perspective. Look, what is it that I need to shift here? Can I shift even an inch, just one little inch? And that's when I head for the books or the inspiring podcast or to go take a walk or to try to just breathe. But I have come to understand not everyone suffers in that same way. Some people get into their feelings and then they start to look around and then they start getting mad at other people who they perceive as having it easier. And then they start to think to themselves, what a bitch. She thinks she knows it all. This happy person wants to spew this self-helpy life coachy, happy, happy bullshit. How unfair that she talks all this glittery, happy shit. What does she know? She hasn't really suffered. I mean, look at her. There's no way she's felt what I've felt. And then here she is. She's flaunting how good her life is, bragging it up, telling everyone else to just forget their problems and be happy. These annoying, happy people. This is what some people think, even if you in no way, shape or form as you have gotten happier, think you know it all. Even if you, as you have gotten happier, are only sharing what's helped you because you've suffered and you're hoping it might help someone else. Even if you have gone through similar or the same hardships, even if you definitively did not tell people to just forget your problems, even if you frequently encourage people to face and confront their problems, even if you admit to your own discomfort with doing that yourself. In other words, I learned that some people experience their suffering more internally and others project it away from themselves externally. And lucky me, lucky us, when these things happen in our lives, that means it's time to learn two more things. And this is, these are the two things I learned. We need to have compassion for people who are suffering, however it shows up. And my happiness is my fucking business. I'll say that one more time. We do need to have compassion for people who are suffering however it shows up, including if it shows up as resentment at us. And your happiness is your fucking business. When I realized these two things, I could finally see clearly that someone could share in my happiness or they could ask me for help getting happier themselves, but they cannot stay in my life if they are just going to actively resent me for being happy. Again, this is, and I'm going to unpack what this boundary can look like. Someone can share in your happiness or they can ask you for help in getting happier, but they cannot stay in your life if they are just going to actively resent you for being happy. So let's unpack this a bit. When people resent your happiness, do not continue to give them full access to you. There's this real binary thing people do with boundaries these days where it's like you're either on my team or you're not. You're either all in or you're not. I have a bit of a different feeling about boundaries. I I look at it as more like, okay, maybe it's not just cutting someone off with a middle finger and an F you. Maybe it's more like you just don't get full access to me. Allowing people into your life who resent that you're happy or that you figured out some of your shit, or that you no longer struggle with, or that you never struggled with the same challenges as them, it's madness. 
Now we often stay around those people because we are getting hooked into thinking either some of the same things that they think, or we think that if we empathize and care, if we're empathetic, caring people, that we are supposed to dissolve into their struggle with them so that they won't be alone. But we got to learn standing beside someone who is struggling is not the same as wholly dissolving into their struggle. Now, I have a hell of a lot of compassion for anyone who, if I am simply just being myself and I'm happy, feels like that throws up a mirror on their own misery. I think of how difficult that is. Those are real feelings. I've felt them before. I think of times when I've been jealous of someone else's success or when I've compared myself to another person and thought that I was coming up short. It's really difficult. It's really real. It's really challenging to be in that place. But we do not have to join someone in those places just because we have empathy for what it feels like. We do not have to dull our own flame of happiness so that they can be okay. We are not supposed to go around pretending to be less happy than we actually are so that other people can decide that we're still relatable. Your happiness is your fucking business. You don't have to apologize for your happiness because someone else suffers or because the world still has problems. You don't have to trot out the hardships that you've survived so you can prove to people that you now deserve this happiness. You don't have to perform happiness 100% of the time to try to prove that your happiness is real. Bad days happen to everyone. Now, of course, there is always nuance and proportion to a discussion like this. As an example, if a friend has just lost their parent and they are deep in the grief of that, it's not the moment to talk about how excited you are that you're moving to a new city and all these fun things that await you. I mean, I think pretty much everyone knows this, but just to make sure I'm not being misunderstood here, that I think would be kind of a jerk move. You know, when someone has a a chasm of grief that big that they're trying to process. I'm also not talking about bypassing the very real suffering in the world or pretending systemic oppression isn't a thing. You can be a happy person who also acknowledges that there are painful systems in the world in need of change. And I encourage you to talk with friends about those very real systems in regular conversation. That's not complaining. That's not being negative. That's talking about real life and the real things that people face. And, or instead, what I'm saying is that if you feel yourself getting happier or figuring out some good life stuff, and the people around you subtly or overtly tell you to tone it down, to shapeshift yourself so that you can somehow be more relatable, that you're getting too big for your britches, too full of yourself, maybe reconsider the source. If they're generally happy people themselves and you see that they regularly check in with themselves around their integrity and they lift themselves up to the light of self-reflection, okay, they might have some feedback worth taking in. They probably won't express that feedback by telling you that you have to suffer more, by the way. But if the source of this 
feedback is from coming from someone who's chronically unhappy, then you got to see it for what it is. This is a chronically unhappy person who's resenting the fact that you aren't where they are. Mentally, with those people, you got to put up the red tape, which means you'll be courteous to them. You'll be kind to them. You might ask questions about them or their experience in service to getting clear rather than making assumptions. You might even want to be available to them if they want to have a conversation about creating something better in their own lives. But you won't grant them a backstage pass. They don't get full access to you. They don't get the intricacies. When unhappy people resent that you are happy, it's just too easy to get pulled into that. It's too easy to feel that resentment from them. And then subconsciously, you start shrinking. So instead of shrinking, reconsider the source. Now let's talk about some signs that someone might resent your unhappiness because often there's this feeling you'll get, but it's kind of like, am I overthinking it? What's going on? Is it just me? You know, those, those voices come up. So here are a couple signs that someone might resent your happiness. Uh, you've got big news, like you're changing careers or investing in a big purchase and the person downplays the news or treats it like it's on par with a weather report. They respond with something like, oh, great. I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. Hey, by the way, did you hear that we're going to get a bunch of snow tomorrow? I could not believe it. It's going to be like four inches. It's And then they like go off into that. Another sign that someone might resent your happiness. Again, you've got big news and the person pivots the conversation over to what they're up to or what their good news of the moment might be. So for example, you text them to share, whoa, big news, I'm buying a new house and here are some pictures of the new pad and you're really excited. And instead of talking to you about that, they text you back with something like pictures of their deck that they just repainted. And I'm not saying that we can't celebrate other people's stuff too, but in the moment, I'm thinking, like, let, let you have the moment. You're buying a new house. It's really exciting, da 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 And it's great that they repainted their deck. But again, like, let them, let you have the moment, you know? So these are just signs. Again, we, we you know, we create our stories as we go. And it could, this, this type of example, I'm just coming up with examples that could be relevant to get you to think about this. Maybe it's totally innocuous. A friend of mine uses the phrase, it's another data point when she has multiple interactions with someone. And I love that phrase because instead of it being, I had one experience with a person and I'm deciding this is who they are and how they operate in the world, there are multiple data points from multiple interactions. So again, this is not just one time, this is when it's ongoing. Here's another example, another sign that someone might resent your happiness. You've got big news, again with that, and the person throws just the slightest little womp womp onto it. Like they'll tell you, oh, that's going to be really difficult to accomplish, or oh, the economy isn't great, or, you know, oh, you know, like what does so-and-so think about that? And -and so-and-so happens to be like the most critical person, and they know that. Another sign would be, 
and this is one I came up with more and more often, you're feeling happier or lighter or just less inclined to complain or gossip. But as you interact with someone else and don't join them in their complaints or gossip, they start getting upset with you. If you try to shift the conversation away from gossip, they'll accuse you of being high and mighty, thinking you're better than everyone else, all because they're uncomfortable with the fact that you don't want to hang out in that complaining, gossipy place. And I am all about if somebody is really having a tough time, how can I support you right now? You know, like, let me hear what's coming up for you. Maybe somebody needs actually a a friend who will listen while they spend some time complaining or gossiping and just saying, this is like pissing me off and this is what's stirring about in my head. But it's when you have given that time and then you want to kind of move away from it or you don't agree with their complaint, you don't agree with their gossip, that you start to see someone's kind of like wanting you to stay in that low vibration kind of place. Another sign, as good things happen in your life or as you get happier, they avoid you more. And this is a painful one because often you won't know what's going on at first. So they don't want to share in your happiness. And when people get avoidant about happiness or others in their life who are happier, I think they fundamentally see the world as if happiness is a pie and each person is getting a slice and they're seeing it as you've got your slice and now there's not enough of that happiness pie left over for them. They basically feel jealous and unable to handle their feelings of jealousy And so their only option is to avoid what triggers their discomfort. And this is a place where someone might just not be, they're they're not trying to be mean. They're just emotionally underdeveloped because somebody who is in their full maturity can recognize, oh, I feel jealous of this person right now, but that doesn't mean that I would not want good things for them. Like I, I will totally tell you right now, if a friend of mine were to hit the New York Times bestseller list, I will feel jealousy. I will wish that that had been me, but I don't turn that into now I can't talk to them because I feel that jealousy or I don't want good things to happen for them or it's not fair that good things happened for them. And last, and I would say that this is another big sign that people resent your happiness and it's one I've really struggled with too is the person really does not believe that if you could do it, this might be the proof that they might be able to as well. And that's tied to another belief. Often someone resenting your happiness does not believe that happiness is a choice or they don't recognize that happiness is a feeling you can experience that's tied to thousands of small everyday choices. They think you just got lucky and they didn't and it's not fair. So instead of seeing it as, oh, she's happy. What is she doing that is having her be so happy? How might I get some of that? She's the proof that I might be able to do it too. It's not seen as a choice. It's seen as it's not fair that they have something I don't. I noticed this once when I was extremely happy after having worked for and saved up for a trip to Italy. And someone said, Well, it's not like everyone can just go off and do that. And the person saying this 
was someone who made three times as much money as I did at the time, who got three weeks paid vacation a year, whereas I had no paid vacation, and who lived in a less expensive area of the United States than the notoriously pricey San Francisco Bay Area. And I, when I've shared that story, I've actually often shared that it was a gift to me that that happened because I really did make a connection in that moment to the fact that I had actively worked to put myself into the position that I had been in to take that trip. And yes, luck was certainly part of it, but there were a lot of choices I was making that that person just wasn't willing to make. And it didn't mean they were bad. It just meant I was willing to make those choices. But to that person, it was as if I had gotten lucky, even though they had the money, even though they had the paid vacation to do exactly what I had done. Someone who resents your happiness will see your happiness as if it's something they don't have access to and something you're unfairly getting access to. So what do you do? Well, first and foremost, you put all your attention on not getting sucked into unhappiness just because that's the pressure someone else is exerting on you. On some subconscious level, if you believe that they have a point, you will start to join them there. If some part of you still believes it's not fair that you're happier than someone else, you will start eventually dimming your own light. And let me tell you, when it comes to happiness, fairness has not a lot to do with it. Life is kind of nonsensical when it comes to happiness, I've learned. Some of the people who live in the poorest countries in the world with the least infrastructure report higher levels of happiness than people in some of the richest and most developed countries. The United States has a much higher rate of depression than a lot of other countries that are a lot, lot poorer. I mean, there are people who have every single advantage in life who are just miserable people. Hey, some of them even become president of the United States. And even though they're one of the most powerful people in the world, all they do is whine and complain about how unfair everyone's being towards them on Twitter until the merciful day when their Twitter account is deleted. Some of the people who have seen the worst in life are the happiest people you'll you'll ever meet. I know one man whose first wife died of breast cancer and his second wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Thankfully, she has recovered. His son was shot, like with a gun, and yet he is truly one of the happiest people you've ever met. And I actually asked him one day, I, I reflected to him, you are just one of the happiest people I've ever met. I'm really curious about how you got so happy. And he said, with joy, I might add, and this big smile on his face, I have this picture of him in my head right now. Oh, I just decided to be. Happiness isn't exclusively about fairness. So don't get sucked into thinking that if you are happy, it must mean you're doing something wrong and thus need to tone it down to make it more fair for the people who aren't happy or so that others can feel better about themselves. Second thing to do when people resent your happiness, make sure you aren't proselytizing to people who don't want it. Now this one might kind of surprise you a little bit like, huh, how's that a way to handle people who resent my happiness? 
But it does actually need to be said that if you become happier, it's not your job to tell your friends or your family or your coworkers that they should be like you. Even just saying to people who are not soliciting your thoughts on how to become happier, here's what helped me to become happier, can be really grating to people. So the proselytizing, the preaching about it, not your job for people who don't actively want it or ask for it. Now, if you want to become a life coach or have a podcast and say, here's what helped me to become happier, have at it. That's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) But everyone is listening to this podcast by choice and consent, and certainly they can surf elsewhere on the internet if they want to. Pinning down friends and family to tell them that they should X, Y, Z, whatever behaviors to be happier when they haven't asked is annoying. It's also helpful as I said earlier, to be aware of what others are going through. Like that, that moment when someone has just lost their job, this is not the moment to try to be real celebratory with them that you just got a huge tax refund. Third, maintain at least some level of empathy and compassion for people who are in this tough space of resenting your happiness. That's not the same as saying you have to put up with poor behavior if someone is being a jerk. But consider how you would want to be treated if you were stuck in resentment, if you were stuck in jealousy. That's painful. That's hard. We've all been there. So recognize that feeling and then decide that you'll see that as part of what's showing up when someone resents your happiness. It's not the totality of who they are. And have some empathy and compassion for that. And last, limit your contact with people who resent your happiness. I always advocate that you do your own personal work. I always advocate, and and this is what the game I'm playing in my life, like how far can I stretch into letting other people do whatever they're going to do and me not be affected by that? I am sovereign over me. They are sovereign over them. And I always advocate conversations. If possible, try to have a conversation with them in which you share what you're noticing. This thing where people just like... F you and give the middle finger and then call that boundaries. That's not boundaries. That's avoidance. That's cowardice. That's refusing to treat someone the way you frankly would want to be treated if someone didn't like your behavior. But if it's not a conversation that they are open to having, then distance is the best way to maintain your happiness. And that's painful for me to say. I think of people where I tried everything I could think of And it wasn't moving the needle and it was starting to really impact my ability to be happy, period. And I needed to make a decision to limit contact. But truly, you've got to decide that people can either share in your happiness or ask for help in being happier. But they don't get to stay in your life and have full access to you if they actively resent you for being happy. You deserve to be happy. I really want you to take that away from this conversation because that's the headspace that trips people up when they feel that energy or they're directly told by others that somehow they're supposed to not be so happy or that happy people are annoying 
or like, da, 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 da. who do you think you are? You think you've just got life all fit, you know, like whatever it is that's coming your way. You deserve to be happy. It is okay for you to be happy. You are allowed to be happy. And you do not have to explain your happiness to others or justify that you deserve to be happy now because you walked through the fire then. You don't owe the explanation. You just get to be happy. All right, that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox and who wouldn't love that? You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get the Courage Habit at your local bookseller, on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Your Courageous Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.